What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. We are the church, the pillar and ground of the truth. And that's what we want to study, the truth of God's word. And I'm delighted that you're on the um, broadcast today. Um, this morning I was sharing um, with um, my wife some wonderful things that the Lord is just uh, doing with this teaching. And so I'm looking forward to teaching the gospel. Let people know that we're going to go to a new time at 8 o'clock on Sundays, um, probably beginning in October. Um, we'll continue with 9 o'clock, I guess, for now. But we're going to go to 8 o'clock hour so that more of the audience can tune in live if they want on their way to church. They can call in or even go online. A lot of your cars are smart cars, so you can um, listen there. And we are thankful and grateful for everyone that listens to the call. So I am extremely, extremely excited because. God's word is transforming our very lives into that image which Christ died for us to achieve, and that was his very own image and likeness. Now, if you don't have a notebook, get a notebook, because I'm going to go through the scripture systematically. And today in particular, in today's particular lesson is um, a lot of, a lot of scriptures that we're going to go through. So, there it goes. Amen. So, bear in mind, that, amen. All right, so, now I have my, and we're going to get started in one second. Amen. So, get your Bibles. I'll be right back. Uh, we're going to be incorporating a worship song on Sunday morning the Word so you can collect your thoughts and I can get my sound check in prior to me teaching. Amen. So bear with me one second. Well, let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and God to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought. Holy Spirit, I say, have you waited. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church and follow and everything that shall be accomplished and revealed. You be glorified. It is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you. 
and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. A few weeks ago, we began a series called Lip, the Lip Series, Leading in Prayer. The Lips Series, and we said that although it does involve your lips, it is not your lips. It is a leadership call and a clarion call for us to lead in prayer. Um, I was reminded of the mandates um, that we were given at the beginning of the year, which was to expand its sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, engage into the deeper realms of prayer, explore depth in spiritual study and meditation, and to experience kingdom growth and encourage ourselves in the Lord. And in doing so, God ultimately will be glorified. I gave the purpose that it was uh, the purpose of the body of Christ to thrive in the ministry of prayer and lead it. Uh, one of the greatest leadership qualities that any church leader should have should be prayer. And the higher you go, the stronger you should pray. Because prayer is communication with God, and the goal is to make known the value of establishing your prayer life as a leadership quality and to make clear-cut systematic points on the value of prayer. So we begin the first lesson, which was um, subtitled, Looking into the Life of Prayer. And we gave the revelations of prayer that's an act of a directed spirit developing spiritual maturity and driving the saints to seize the moments by thinking to the plan of God. We also gave that when you really step to pray, you should um, command for clarity, consider how you've been taught, confront the contradictions that you find in the word of God, and then also create a, a way of change through the leading of the spirit and control your soul so that you will become steadfast, unmovable, and abounding in the work of the Lord. We also, in the in the previous lesson, and because of during some weeks, I wanted to um, give a healthy review, gave you um, how prayer um, is made simple, and then we also consider uh, the B attitudes of prayer. And of course, it says this is how our attitude should be. We should be sincere, simplistic, secretive, selective, and spiritually submitted to the Holy Spirit. All right? So it brings us to our lesson today. And you can go to two weeks ago on Sunday when I did the first part. I gave a lot of commentary as well on that. But we're going to subtitle this lesson today, Learning to Pray Scripturally. Learning to Pray Scripturally. Prayer is more than communication with God. And I know we always say that. That's a great um, thing, but it unlocks a relationship with God. Prayer is more than communication with God. Would you hold one second? I need to make sure that my sound person can hear me. Amen. Can you hear me? All right. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry. Is the interruption necessary? Interruption. Amen. All right. So here's how I begin this lesson: learning to pray scripturally. Amen. And we're going to go through a lot of scriptures today. Matter of fact, let me give you all the scriptures that we're going to go through. There are twelve of them, 
And um, I want to make certain that you have them. We have some, um, we're creating, and creating change, sometimes you get some little kinks, but this message will go forth um, in the power of the Spirit, amen. And you know, um, on Thursdays, our, um, our host is changing. Just to let you know, but I need to get this piece of paper for you so you can know the scriptures in advance. All right? So let me run down these scriptures before I get into it because I'm going to go rather fast. So there are 12 of them, and make sure you take note. At least just get the chapters of them in the book. Okay, but um, they're on the record. We're going to go through Luke 18.1, Ephesians 6, 18-19, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14-19, Matthew 18, 19, uh, 12 through 20, Philippians 4, 5 through 9, James 5, 13 through 16, Mark 11, 12 through 19, Acts 3, 1 through 11, Colossians 4, 1 through 14, Matthew 6, 1 through 15, Mark 11, 25 through 26, and John, the 17th chapter. All right. Now, that's there for your records, and as we go, I will repeat the um, thing as we flow. But this is really the theology of prayer. There are 12 major scriptures that you need to know on prayer. Amen? But praying is more than communicating to God. It does much more than mere expressing thoughts and statements to God. It's bigger than our desires, dreams, and ideals. Prayer is a weapon. And, of course, you know in the armor of God, Ephesians 6, verse 13 and 14, it confirms that. Always praying, all prayer with supplication in the spirit. So we know that it's a weapon. It's a part of the armor of God. Prayer is a weapon. And when it is fully understood, it will transform your natural life to supernatural. That's why. Uh, that movie, and I will give uh, credence to you. You need to see War Room. You need to see War Room. Amen. Every believer needs to see it. Every Christian needs to see it. Everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord needs to see that movie. So everything relating to living in a state of victorious confidence is hinges on hinges on your growth in prayer. Prayer is the language of the spirit and it should be governed by the Holy Spirit. It should be governed by the Holy Spirit and orchestrated by that same self-fulfilling spirit. So you should not only be led by the Spirit to the pray, you should be governed by the Holy Spirit as to when you should pray. And often when people go to pray, often when people go to pray, they try to control it. You know, they'll say, well, you know, I got a prayer room. If the Lord directs you to create a prayer room, that's fine. If he doesn't, he might have you go into the bathroom. He might have you go into the closet. Don't limit God. You allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how you should pray. And then you depend on the Holy Spirit to prompt you to pray. Um, Because you can make a religion out of your prayer, which is a practice, and then not be spirit-governed, and then you're not affected. All right, so we're going to learn to pray scripturally, and there are some things I'm going to deal with and some traditions of some sacred cows that we say is prayer that is not always prayer. Amen? 
and because it's my platform, I'm going to say some things, you know, that, that I wouldn't say necessarily on the pulpit, but we do a lot of stuff. We'll say I decree and declare. That's my phrase. That's it. When you decree and declare, that's what you're doing. You're decreeing and you're declaring. Amen? You're decreeing and you're declaring. We'll say you're binding loose. That's not praying either. That's an action. All right. Praise the Lord. I just, I'm just, just throwing that out there, you know. We'll say um, uh, whatever you bind on this is bound in heaven. You know, he wasn't saying that when you were praying. It wasn't even in the connotation of prayer. Go search the scriptures, amen. So you, if the scriptures can be wrongly divided, they can also be rightly divided. And you have to understand the power of the spoken word. There are certain things that you can do that whether you pray or not, you can do. You can bind and loose whether you're praying or not. As a matter of fact, when you're praying, you're speaking and communicating with God in the spirit as a weapon, but you're approaching God, not the devil. So you don't be binding and loosing the devil through prayer. You don't talk to the devil when you pray. And that's what's going on in church. You hear preachers say, Satan, the Lord rebuke you, and, and, and they're praying. You're not talking to Satan when you're talking in prayer. You're talking to God. So you have to learn how to pray scripturally. You don't address the devil when you're talking to your heavenly father. Some of y'all not praying to your heavenly father. Some of you praying to Jesus. Jesus said, when you pray, say our father. He didn't say, say Jesus, Lord Jesus. Anyway, I, I, you know, but we got to destroy these sacred cows because some some of us are not praying scripturally. Amen. So as we go through the scriptures today, you're going to see clearly how you should pray. Amen. So. Uh, don't ever become consumed in creating your own prayer life as a religious formula. Let it grow through authentic encounters that you have with the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want you to understand. When you don't know how to pray as you ought, the Holy Spirit grows. In other words, the Holy Spirit uh, is desiring eagerly so much so, like hunger pains, to help you. And he will give you how you should pray. And I always tell you this, that it is the Holy Spirit that enables you to live Christian life. Thank you. It is the Holy Spirit that enables you to live the Christian life. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Reverend Mrs. Breeland. She is just an awesome, excellent woman of God. Amen? Amen. She is my dear friend, and I just saw her. So praise the Lord. This is an unusual broadcast. Let's get into the Word today. We're going to go through these 12 scriptures on prayer. I'm going to give some commentary, but I want to give um, these prayers as a principle. Okay, so there's five sections of the principles, and the scripture says, under two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And I actually have three scriptures for each, but I only gave you two. As a, as a witness, you don't ever take one scripture and confirm a principle. You always say under two, three, or three witnesses, and the witnesses, of course, are scripture because we're learning how to pray scripturally. Amen? Now, um, um, I call this the theology of prayer, meaning God's logic behind prayer. Um, and if you understand these scriptures, you'll never uh, be void of confidence when you pray. Amen? And, of course, you know the prayer of the fervent, effectual prayer. The effectual prayer of the righteous avails much. Amen? 
effectual fervent prayer of the righteous to be able to match. All right, Luke 18, 1 is our first passage, and this is going to be the perpetual principle. The scripture says, and he spake a parable unto them, and then and sent them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not to faint. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. This is the perpetual principle of prayer. Prayer should be continual. It's perpetual, without end. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 and 19 says, and I'm reading all my passages from King James Version, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And I've said this before just to write down and take special note that supplication is pulling on your reserves or your spiritual supply. So you have to have had experiences with the Holy Spirit to to be able to supplicate. And what does that mean? When the Holy Spirit transforms your life, the relationship that you have with the power of God and the experiences that you have in the, with the power of God as you're led by the Spirit of God, when a circumstance comes up, and I like the way Apostle used to say to encroach upon your territory, you'll be able to remind yourself, reflect on your past experiences and how the power of God performs for your present circumstance, and you'll be able to say the same God that did it for me then will at least do what he did before. That's supplication for the saints. And how do you do that for the saints? You, when, when God, when you see a brother or sister going through something in the Lord, you remind the Lord how he brought you out of financial dilemmas. Glory to God. I sent the anointing when I say, ooh, I want to run around the room. Hallelujah. And you, you, um, you, you remind the Lord of what he is doing in your life. Glory to God. Bless his holy name. And, um, and, and you remind him of these things because you remember. That's what supplication is. So supplication is a revelatory remembrance on the supernatural power of God. And you reserve the confidence in that same power that causes you to live in the reality of what that power transforms you to. And you go after it with that same fervency because you have reserves in your spirit. Amen. Why? Because the prayer is supposed to be perpetual. And the only way it can be perpetual is if you sustain the power with it. And that's why the Holy Spirit is needed for praying. Amen. So I want to be teaching, this is the scripture now, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I might open my mouth boldly and make known the mysteries of the gospel. And you know, I always pray that when I um, minister. Now, First Thessalonians 5, this is the third scripture to validate that. First Thessalonians 5, 14 through 19, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort them that are feeble-minded, the weak, or support the weak, be patient toward all men, See that none render evil for evil uh, unto any man, but ever, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all you men. Rejoice evermore, praying without ceasing, that in everything give thanks, for it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Then verse 19 clears it up. It says, quench not the spirit. The only way you can do that, is in the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to live the Christian life. And to pray effectively, you need to be governed and guided and growing in the Holy Spirit. And this is this is what makes a difference in prayer. 
You don't just need to be just articulating what you think about circumstance. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. How does he direct your path? He gives life to your path, and life comes through the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit. And you know that because he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. In Matthew 5, 16, he said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify. What are they talking about? Live out your spirit. The interest of thy word giveth light. It's the Holy Spirit that confirms the word. And the, the word of God introduces us to the power of the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. So it's a perpetual principle. Did you get my point? You got to pray without ceasing. Amen. The second one is, is the power thing. I just said it. The kingdom of God is not a word in power. And I, and I told you to key in on the word supplication, the pulling on our spiritual reserves, developed in intercession, prayer, and fasting. Jesus told you some things don't come, but by fasting. They were, and he was given the example of the sons of Sceva and, and, and the, uh, the authority that he had to exercise demonic influence out of circumstances. He said these things come through prayer and fasting. Amen. And the spiritual reserve and the power of God that's needed to sustain you in times like these is going to be a result of your prayer life and fasting. And that should be supernatural. So this is not just talking to God. But see, a lot of times we said to keep it simple for silly people who won't grow their mind will say, oh, it's just talking to God. You can say what you want to say. No, it's not that. That's not the scripture. And that's why this teaching as far as leading in prayer, if the leaders don't have a governed prayer life and a disciplined prayer life, Lord knows they're not going to take people to the green pastures where God restores their soul because they are not going to restore their soul. We got to learn how to pray for real and stop playing church and be the church. And the church can't be the church without the power of God and without the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, you know it is revealed in Acts, the acts of the Holy Spirit. Not only decide to maybe do nothing without power. He said, stay in the upper room until you receive power. Some of you need to go back up to that upper room and receive power. Even those of you who claim you speak in tongues and say you're spirit-filled. If you're spirit-filled, you should be spirit-governed. Amen. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 20. Matthew chapter 18, verse 12 through 20. Just check it on your box room principles. And remember we talked about First Thessalonians kind of bridges that gap in First Thessalonians 5.14. It bridges and now we go back to the Gospels and we see how it's the power of principle. How think ye, if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go unto the mountains to seek of the one which has gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily, verily, I say unto thee, he rejoiceth more than that in that sheet than the ninety-nine which were not astray. Even so it will be the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should that um that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, if your brother transgress against thee, go and tell them his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee. Thou hast gained thy brother, but if he shall not hear thee, see, this is an action based on prayer, then take it to one of the two or more, because out of two or three witnesses, every word should may be established. All right, here's the principle. 
And if ye shall not neglect, if they shall not neglect to hear, tell it to the church. But if he that heareth the church, let him let him be unto thee as a heathen, if he doesn't hear the church. Let him be unto thee as a heathen, heathen, and um, um, a heathen man and a publican, those who uh, 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 reject God. That says, Verily I say unto you, here's the key, whatsoever ye shall bind in heaven shall bind on earth. And again I say unto you, that if you two shall agree on earth as touching anything, and they shall ask, it shall be done of them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Now, is that prayer? Did he say pray? There's no way that he's talking about prayer. He's talking about you being you being believers having authority. One to forgive, one to confront, one to restore, one to put down. All right? Now, here's here's the situation. I'm glad we're using this scripture. Jesus gives the gives the parable of a sheep. And he said, you got 99, you got 100 sheep, one go astray. The shepherd will go after that one sheep to bring them back. You don't, you're not worried about the, the sheep that are in place, but the shepherd will rejoice because he got that one back. Right? And then he says, okay, in, in, that, in that matter, if you see somebody going astray, God don't want anybody to perish. All right? He wants everybody to come into the knowledge of the truth. So you do go after that one person who is in error. And if you can individually talk to them and restore them to make them a brother again, you do it. That's what he's saying. You do it. Now, if they don't hear you, you take them to the church. And if they, if they are restored to the church, then you're, they're your brother again. But if they refuse in the church, these are actions here. This ain't prayer. If they refuse to hear to the church, you call them a heathen or a publican. You mark them as being people that are unruly, unstable, that are not accepting God. And then you say, listen, if you can do this, if you're touching and agreeing, if you're, if you're acting out, whatever, whatever you ask God will be done for you. That's an action. That's operating on your forgiveness. And then, it, and then it ends for where two or three are gathered, they're in a place, in the name of the Lord, I am with them in the midst. In other words, you got to act on what God gives you. This is not just a talking to God thing. And I wanted to pull that out because the power of God is reserved in you based on what you've experienced with the Holy Spirit. The shepherd knew the value of the sheep. The sheep didn't know the value of the sheep. Oh, God, I can stay on that. I can't stay on that. We've got to go to Philippians. But I just wanted to let you know, that wasn't prayer. That was action. I said that wasn't prayer. That wasn't action. You go to the scripture. You look at Matthew chapter 18. Where does it talk about praying? They don't say nothing about prayer. Anyway, praise the Lord. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Let your moderation be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. In everything, by prayer and supplication. And I want you all to understand, I'm not against prayer because I say whatever you loose and bind on earth. Those things are actions. You have to do something with that. 
Prayer is if prayer is getting orders from headquarters and being governed by the spirit that gave you those orders. And declaring what the word of God says on that matter. It's just both. Communication has many different facets of how you communicate. But but in that chapter of that that power is based on your reserves. Amen. All right. Now, and of course, you know, Matthew 18 then says nothing about prayer, but then Philippians 4 tells you. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are loving, whatsoever things are good, of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. For the things which ye have both learn and do receive and heard and seen in me. Glory to God. Do that the God of peace, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, will be with you. Glory to his name. Bless his holy name. All right. We we got a trek on. Let's go to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. This is the power of God and the power principle in prayer. There's power. Where does the power come from? The Holy Spirit. And you acting on what the Holy Spirit tells you to do empowers your prayer to his name. Now, now, let's go to Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 19. The practice of worship is the next principle. That's the third principle, the practice of worship. Glory to God. I'm so excited. I wanted to get to that point, of course, you know, the power principle, the perpetual principle, the practice of worship principle, because prayer is a form of worship to the Lord. On the morrow, of course, when the morrow comes, and when they will come to Beth, um, come from Bethany, he being Jesus was hungry, seeing a fig tree afar off, leaves he came. If happily he might find anything thereon, so he was ready to eat. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Now Jesus said, Look, Father Figs wasn't on there. So but Jesus was a little mad. He said, Well, Jesus answered and said unto him, No man eat fruit of this. Here after forever, he mad because he wasn't bearing fruit out of season. Over to God, and his disciples heard it, and they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, and he began to cast out, uh, uh, cast out them that sold and bought in the temple. Okay, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the thieves. Jesus was no part. Seeds of them as um, them that sold doves. And would not suffer that any man should carry the vessels through the temple. Why? Because the temple was the temporary place of worship. And he taught, saying, now after you done kicked behind, he taught, saying, it is written, my house, this is the house, shall be called to the nations the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves, and the scribes and the chief priests heard of it and sought how they might destroy it. For they feared him because of all the people were astonished at his doctrine. What was his doctrine? 
this house shall be a house of prayer. So the, the place of worship should be known for the power of prayer. And when he even was come, he went out of that church. So he did what he had to do. Now let's go to Acts chapter 3. So the temple was a place of prayer. Let's see the church as a place of prayer. And, of course, you know, that Peter and John went all together into the temple again at the what? Our prayer beginning at the ninth hour. All right? And a certain man laying in his mother's womb was carried, and he laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask the alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked uh, asked alms. And Peter and Peter, expecting, um, uh, he asked um, asked for alms. And Peter expected, um, fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave, and he gave, Peter said, look at me. And he gave heed unto them. He, so he, he acknowledged them, expecting to receive something. So he was, he was in expectation. Now, this is the power or the place of practice of worship. Now, worship is not for money changing. Worship is the place of sacrifice, all right? So listen, of course, you know, when Jesus told the disciples, and I always want to put this in, when he told them to go um, for the sake of ministry or ministering, he told them, don't take purse. Okay? Now, they had purses and they had money. They weren't broke. They couldn't do what they did being broke. They couldn't travel around and do the word. But he told them when they go to worship or when they go to minister, leave your purse at home. So that's why they said some of them go, we have none. They didn't say they didn't have no money, period. They just didn't have that. All right? Let's keep reading because I wanted, I wanted to see. Now, this is the act of the Holy Spirit that is empowered through Peter. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But what's up? Uh, oh, I, I skipped the parts. Uh, yeah, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. So he had to do something with the command. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And leaping and stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. All And all the people saw that he walked and praising God. And they knew that he, that it was he which set for alms at the beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. As, and as, a, as the lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that was called Solomon's greatly wondering. Amen? Now, let's go to Galatians chapter um, let's go to Colossians chapter 4. And we've got three more passages after this. But this is still the principle of worship. So we see that worship, um, prayer is an act of worship, and um, it's a sacrifice unto the Lord. Right? Amen. I'm looking at my time. Praise the Lord. Got a few minutes left. Amen. All right. Colossians chapter 4. 
I wanted to, this is the third one under two or three witnesses. Let everything be established. Last two have two plans to this for them. Now, says masters, Colossians chapter four, verses one through four. Says masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye have a master in heaven. Continue in prayer, and watch with the same thanksgiving. <clears throat> With also praying also for us that God would open us the door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in bond with his ministry, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So it is the perpetual principle, it should happen forever, it's a power principle. And the power is not evident until we act upon it. That's called faith, acting on what you believe and what you know, what you reserve in the spirit, right? Faith working by love, and, of course, God is love, and God is the spirit. So so the same, that's why the faith is often called the spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. I believe in this. We also believe in this. And it's the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, again, it, it causes prayer to be perpetual, have power, and as a practice of worship. And it's not to be taken uh, lightly. Amen? It's not to be taken lightly. All right. And, of course, it opens up opportunity, of course. Now, let's go to the fourth principle, the personal devotion principle. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6, and I love these instructions on praying. And it says this, take heed that ye do not do alms before men. That means giving. Your giving should be done secretly, should be seen of them. Otherwise, listen, ye have no reward from your Father which is in heaven. Let me tell you all something. Now, I know you all see this in church, and you, and, and you see people when the person preaching, they take their money up to the altar and they throw it on them. That's their reward. They're not getting no return from that. Or you go to churches and you hear them, uh, that your Bible says, all this giving, okay? And, and we, we say a whole lot of stuff to get people to do. We call it open giving. You tell them to give and you tell them to announce what they're giving, they have their reward. Okay. Now, you're not, people are not the Bible. We're talking about leading in prayer. You should be prayerful about what you're giving, and when you give, you give in secret because your Heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Don't be listening to these religious institutions that are creating ideas, trying to make it uh, uh, some type of brand seeming thing. You're not supposed to be announcing what you're doing in secret because it's an act of worship. And the devil will rob you of your inheritance and your return because you're going around being a showboat, telling people what you're giving and why you're giving it. And, I, and if you do that, you get what you, what you get when you give it is it. Hallelujah. And I'm saying that under the authority of the Holy Ghost, you stop telling people what you're giving to the church. If your heart is for the church, you're going to give. As each man has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loveth a cheerful gift. 
So what you what you do in secret, what you what you do is you hear God, what do you want me to give? How can I contribute? How is it a ministry? And you give it. You don't make it a show. You don't have no hundred thousand dollar fund either. All of it. That's demonic. Because the scripture tells you, and this is the passage and there are other scriptures I can confirm it with by all time, to take heed that you do not do do not your all before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father, which is in heaven. And then people will say, well, I'm not doing it to be seen, but you are being seen when you're doing it. You might not be, might not be saying I'm doing it to be seen, but you're doing it being seen. <laughs> so your actions are speaking louder than your words. We, we, need to, we need to go back to the scripture. Don't do that. It's not, it's not scriptural. Nowhere in scripture do you see them doing that. I, I go up to the third and I gave $20,000 and put it down. That's not scriptural. I don't care how grand it looks. And it, and it does. And people say it motivates other people to give. The only thing that should be motivating people to do anything is their heart and their obedience to the Spirit of God. Well, praise the Lord. Therefore, when thou um, doest thine arms, do not sound the trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. Where they do it? In the synagogues, the place of worship, and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. There's nothing that comes out of it. But when thou doest arm, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. My God. You don't have to interpret, over-interpret this. Just take the word for what it says. That thy arms may be seen and be in secret. And when thy father which seeth in secret, himself will reward thee openly. When you're doing what you're supposed to do in secret, God will reward. Oh, God, I, I'm not going to finish this. I got to stop that one. I got to stop that one because that's going to take me to a place I can't finish. Glory to God. I got, but I got to let you know it's a personal devotion when you pray. And he goes on after he talks about your giving, he doesn't talk about your prayer. He said, but when thy prayers enter into thy closet, and when thou hast to, um, um, when thou, um, and shut the door, thy door, verse 6, it says, uh, uh, oh, Lord, okay, okay, I got to go. Pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which he is in secret shall reward the offer. Same principle with giving, the same principle with praying. But when thy prayers don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard by their much speaking, be not therefore like unto them. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Let's pray. Let's stop. The present-day ministry, the personal devotion principle, and then the present-day ministry, of course, is John 17, which is the real Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6 is the instructions on how to pray, but John 17 is when Jesus is actually praying. And you got to read that on your own time because we're out of time. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to sit at your table and to learn how to pray scripturally. And I pray, Father, that the things which are in the scriptures and the passages that we've gone to will spark a revolution to consider what they've been taught. Consider, Lord, what they've been taught. Then, Father, I ask you also to give them the courage to command for clarity from you and to confront those contradictions that we've been doing religiously, having a form of dominance but lacking that power that comes from your Holy Spirit. And then, Father, I thank you, Lord, for giving them uh, the, uh, the, the way to create that change. 
And then I also thank you, Lord, for um, um, them giving them the courage to control their souls because you're not giving them the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that does all things well. And for that, we praise you for your precious Holy Spirit that enables us to pray scripturally. Father, we thank you for the things that were accomplished and revealed in Jesus' name. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.